Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, and changed our voices uh, so our bosses won't know who we are because they'd never allow us to bring you our Excuse candid... Excuse me, Vern. Does your boss not know who you are? I'm sorry. I, I don't think he knows my true identity. I see. Okay. Thank you. Or actually, he Let knows my true identity. He doesn't know I don't think you did that right. Vern Value. Okay. Whatever. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway. So, caveats? I don't know. Where are you? In your yeah, name? I'm uh, – every week I, I'm introducing the, okay, the concept great. of the show Excellent. Now. Every week we get together and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we're pleased to have a special invited guest on the show. A first – on the value guy. Our good friend and expert on the financial sector. We did this expert. because the financial sector has been in the news. You might have noticed that. And um, we had an issue of value line with Midwest and banks. And we don't know anything about these we, things. And, I mean, what do we know? So we keep skipping this category. Maybe there's some good ideas there. I did so recommend Northern We Trust. decided to invite Tony Banks to be here to talk Tony about. Banks here to, today, to ladies talk and about Midwestern banks later. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited and okay. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. Thank um, you. We want to remind we'll tell everybody you to talk, Tony. <laughs> we want to remind remind you that this is for entertainment purposes only. We may own all the stocks that we're talking about. Have other nasty conflicts of interest. Just basically assume the worst. Um, and 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 another assumption you should have is that. Uh, we probably don't know what we're talking about. Usually we've been drinking or recreating something. What? Not me. Come um, on, Vern. Please visit our website to learn more about us at www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to come back. with. We're only going to do a couple stocks each so that we can leave time at the end of the show for Tony Banks. Tony Banks. To share his best bank ideas with our audience. But first I'm going to turn it over to, really, that expert on valuation in a market where we need we need help with that. Val. I don't know anything about that. Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern, for that delightful introduction. Uh, I'm, I'm so tired. What? It took a lot of work. I'm tired. Well, that was a really uh, unusual a introduction this drink. week, and I'm embarrassed with Tony Cheers. hearing it. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. We're so excited to have Tony Banks here this week because, of course, longtime listeners know we've been uh, asking, uh, talking about Tony for, for two years now. So he's finally here. And, he finally uh, agreed to do the yeah, show. Yeah, we and we for an undisclosed amount. It took a lot of a lot of pleading, a lot of pleading. Um, but he's going to be on later with some great ideas. And so you know, fast forward through me and Vern if you want to get right to that. Um, I've got, well, not three. How many do I have this week? Two. Two. Wow. Usually I have three good ideas. This week just two good ideas, or two ideas, let's say. Uh, and I also want to close out an open item. Um, a couple, what, a month ago, two months ago, I recommended Cliff's uh, CLF, and uh, the thing has been on fire, and it's just back to unsustainable levels. Sell Cliff's. I'm closing that out. Okay. Two up this week. First up, hmm. what? Are you Nothing. doing Cliff's? No. no. I, Why? I, huh? Nothing. Why are you what, – what are you talking about? I, I didn't do anything except home. All right. It was a I've got two ideas. If you get one thing out of this week's show, it's going to be two good ideas from values. And here's the first one, ladies and gentlemen. General Dynamics, page 554. Um, and uh, what? What do I like about General Dynamics? Well, at first time, I'm just attracted simply. It could be called Smith Company. The valuation. 
it's at a 61% of the market multiple. And if you're on value line, you look at the relative P.E. ratio down there, about eight rows. On average, they sell for in the 80% multiple. This is simple stuff, so this is not very analytical. Um, and because I'm, I'm not really in a, in a position to get too analytical at the moment. But over 10 years, every year, the average, 80%, right now it's 60%. Well, in order to have an 80% average, you need to get to 100% at some point. Uh, in a year where you're at 60% in order to have that as an average. And so uh, I think we're going to see better valuations. The theme on this as a business is simply that General Dynamics, if you look back over their history of sales growth, grows at a faster rate than GDP. Uh, military spending tends to be at a you know, pretty flattish percentage of GDP over the last 20 years anyway. It goes up and down a little bit. Uh, so that's going to be stable, and they're gaining share because their growth rate is quite a bit higher than GDP growth. So they're going to continue to get economies of scale. They put up great returns on capital in a business where people worry that you don't get reimbursed. When you have a monopoly on making nuclear submarines, for example, uh, you get your price. And so they have a lot of systems where they're just best in class. They get their price. Uh, their margin is low teens, which means that um, you know, no one can compete with them at their economies of scale. They've got $34 billion in sales. Yeah, but so I think Barack is going to clean up cost overruns on defense contracts. It's going to be, yeah. Won't that I mean, put pressure on margins? I think it's going to be hard to argue that you're overcharging people when your margin is 12%. If your margin were 40 I think the drug companies that put up 80% gross margins need to worry a little bit uh, because obviously the inverse of that is just the markup. But on these, you got 12%. So I'd say if somebody can build a nuclear submarine at a better cost, uh, go ahead and do it. So I, and and, and they, they pretty well diversified themselves across uh, the services. They have uh, combat systems is about a third, marine systems 20%, information 34 sales to the government are 70%. I don't know what else they have here, but... Uh, Anyway, you know, they make a lot of great weapons that I guess work because people buy them. Um, their return on capital has been in the mid to upper teens uh, for a long time, and to me that's a superior operator. The valuation right now on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, enterprise value about $25 billion. EBITDA, at least best as we can tell from value line, is around uh, estimated at about $4 billion. That's six and a half times. If I take the inverse... Uh, 1 over 6.5 is somewhere between 16 and 20%. So let's say 17.5. you got T-bills near 4. Uh, that looks like a pretty good deal to me. Now, here's the only thing I can say that I, I don't think is that good. Um, evidently in February, and I've never seen a number quite this high, they had 9-something insider sellers offset by 13 options to buy. I mean, you know, maybe that's offsetting. They had one insider buy in March. So you have one insider, a lot of sellers. But, um, you know, near-term value line is saying earnings are coming in better than expected. And uh, long-term, I think that uh, they'll continue to maintain their edge. It's a good price. General Dynamics GD, 2.6% yield. And I haven't left myself a lot of time because we want to make time for... Tony Banks. Tony Banks, who's here. Here he is. He's just gathering his thoughts right now. He made now. a noise. Tony, do you have any preliminary thoughts? No, I just um, want to uh, enjoy what you're talking about. Okay, I was really wow. Just going through general dynamics. Uh, okay, so really getting into the idea. Were you talking about general dynamics? Well, yes, I was. Were you oh. not listening? Oh, it was, it was a great story. I okay, just didn't thanks. know what the stock was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
This one is LabCorp of America, ticker LH, page 638. Quiz time, Vern, what's the ticker? LCA. Okay, very good. LabCorp of America. Now, I have spoken about this before. What do they do? They're one of the largest independent clinical laboratory companies in America. They do testing uh, that costs relatively little compared to the procedure you might need in order to determine who needs expensive procedures and who doesn't or who should go do some, you know, advanced um, diagnostic work because a test suggests that they're predisposed to a disease. These companies, I think, can add productivity to healthcare at a time when that's going to be top of mind. Uh, the stock is selling at a discount to the S&P uh, at about 20%. It generally sells at a little bit of a discount, but not this much. It's selling at about six times enterprise value to EBITDA. That's a 16% cash on cash, the way I might look at it. So the valuation's pretty attractive. The high last year was 82. It's at 66 today. It's actually up six bucks off the value line price. I own this one. I'm very comfortable with the long term. Uh, they are going to be, I think, in a position to argue that they're an ROI-based purchase in an environment where you got to get costs down. If you know the people to, you know, do some preliminary treatment and those not to to save money down the road, that's going to add to uh, efficiency. Um, they've been known to do buybacks with excess cash. They put up a high teens return on capital, and they leverage that just a little bit, mid-20s to 30% return on equity. Uh, expected growth rates in the, you know, 9 10%, which is pretty good in this environment. And this is a rare time when I'm actually agreeing with Value Line, ladies and gentlemen, so... Uh, they have it rated at 2, and uh, I guess I'm recommending it uh, this week, LabCorp of America. And that's all the time I have because we want to leave time for Tony, Tony Banks. Banks. Okay, uh, so with a lot of ado, I'd like to turn Ooh. the show and all that that entails over to <coughs> Vern Value. A lot Vern. of responsibility. Take it away, Vern. I can handle it. Okay, good luck to you. First stock for me. You know, I have more of a growth bias. I'm, I'm finding value in growth this week. Are you? Yeah, and I, I've got a couple names here where I think Value Line is badly underestimating how much these companies can grow over the next five years. First one we've talked about in the past, Orbital Sciences. The symbol is ORB. I like that, orb. It actually means something. Huh, And wow. it's kind of, you know, it's the earth. So good observation, you, Vern. I think it nice. makes you feel good about the stock, right? Don't say you're not getting value on this show. Um, stock recently around $16. Value Line rates this a three as of March. The stock uh, bottomed around 12, so it's up some from there, but traded in the uh, high 20s, mid-high 20s in 06 and 07. If you don't know this company, they develop and manufacture small rockets and space systems for commercial, military, and civil government customers. And you can't help but wonder if they won't find themselves in the consumer business at some point in time. For consumer, consumer rockets. Yeah, well, the, the, for individual people to go into orbit. Like you know, independence. Like you or me. Sort of if you have enough money, That's not uh, because they make it well, they make a That's small craft. And um, the key to this story is they recently sort of Ford, but they recently won a large NASA pro, uh, project, which is supposed to pay them to almost two billion dollars over a five-year period. This is a company that does about one point two billion in revenue, so it's an incremental four hundred million per year on average. To um, what eight launches are scheduled? over a five-year period to transport cargo to and from the International Space Station, which you may know is almost finished construction, I think. Where is right? that? Well, it's in orbiting space. around the around the Earth, yeah. And um, there's a uh, 
if you have DirecTV, I think there's a station you can go to that's dedicated to showing work that's in process at the International Space Station. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the financial performance here has dipped in the last couple of years, but it has to do with R&D work and bidding co costs in advance of another important growth spurt. Uh, operating margins had been 9-10%, pretty dependably, recently about 6.5%. The uh, value line talks about a $0.25 cent per share hit from this R&D spending. That's about 150 basis points. That gets you back to 8% all by itself. Um, there's also some other business here, the value line. I, the reason I'm uh, talking about it having a growth bias is that you've got to pay up a little bit for this one. Uh, we all know why you're talking about a growth stock burn. Why? I don't. I don't want to say. Oh, thank you. We're gonna. We'll take this offline if that's yeah, okay. Offline, okay. offline, man. All right, offline. Uh, the uh, equity market cap here is about nine hundred twenty-five billion. I've got about uh, two hundred million of cat. Excuse me, cash uh, over uh, debt, net of debt. So really, the enterprise value, or what it would cost me to buy all of the equity and debt of the company. Net of the cash that I'd get Tony, is $725 million. Would you like a cheese? I am fine. Thank okay. you very much. There's a little grape. You no. could have some grapes maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. $725 million. According to Value grapes Line, with depressed margins, they'll earn $72 million of EBITDA this year. That's a 10 multiple. If I normalize that, it would probably be more like $100 million, and I'd be looking at a 7 multiple. So I'm not sure it's going to get a lot cheaper than here. The stock's been underperforming since the beginning of the year, or, oh, even though it's where, off where's of its the line? bottom. Where do you, where you, where you put the I, line? I think there's some in the uh, – I think if you I'll check get, in there. I'll get it for you, Tony. Yeah, Tony yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. You'll find it in there, I think, um, sitting out someplace. Anyway, take a look at uh, Orbital Sciences, ORB. Um, looks like a fairly reasonable valuation for a good growth story. Value Line's talking about this being like a high single-digit grower. I think that's just wrong. So their long-term projections, I think, are too conservative. It's a company that's probably getting ready to re-accelerate on the top line. In the so, glass. In the glass. And then the other, uh, the other name that I've got that uh, is also uh, a, that has a growth bias, and I'll come back to valuation in a minute. What's my time? Is it also here? a growth stock burn? Um, this uh, it might have been considered a growth stock at one point in time, mm -hmm. but it underperformed the market for most of 2006 through 2008. So I don't know if you can really call it a growth stock. This uh, this company did grow like a weed through 2006, and then has been flat for the last three years. Um, it's called Computer Programs and Systems, and they're involved in uh, healthcare. IT systems, uh, particularly uh, total enterprise management systems for small and mid-sized hospitals. And if you think about um, the development of the electronic medical record and where those systems are already in place, where a lot of uh, early stage work has been done, a lot of investment's been done, that's been done at the high end of the market, the big urban centers. There's a big market out there, I think, probably still untapped in uh, smaller um, and, and maybe mid-sized, but smaller institutions um, that still need to get up this curve. And um, there's $19 billion that was included in the recent stimulus bill specifically directed at health care, and the largest share of that is specifically to be uh, in support of investment in these kinds of systems. So the stock, I, I mean, the stock hasn't been 
uh, very good stock in, uh, until the last nine months or so um, in conjunction with this news. So uh, a stock's actually trading close to $39 here. I really looked at the valuation every way I can on cash flow. Uh, they're, uh, they're paying, uh, um, their earnings have come off um, expectations some in terms of growth rate. So uh, they've got a dividend that may be unsustainable. Value line signaling that with the yield either being 4 or 2% is their concept. That sounds great. Brian. Well, but the thing about it is their profitability has improved as they've gotten bigger. So I have this idea I'm kidding. I'm kidding. that this is a scale business that could benefit significantly. Uh, it should have very attractive profitability, even if they become increasingly dependent on government spending uh, to do so. So um, I'm really a better buyer in the mid-20s here than I am uh, at 39 bucks. But I definitely want to put this on my monitor list. Uh, the symbol here is CPSI. Or, monitor uh, list, Brian? Yeah, you want to have you always want to have stocks that you're interested in buying if they're available at the right price. And so this one is one of those. I think that's you. some of the value that we provide is to highlight issues for people that they may not have seen in the past or really know much about. So okay. take a look at uh, computer programs and systems. I, right now, I think you can buy Orbital Sciences uh, in the uh, $16 range, but like I say on CPS, I'd wait some for it to come back. And with that, and I really plenty of time here. For you to, you know, fill as you see fit. I'm going to turn it over to our special invited guest this week, Tony, Tony Banks. Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Banks. Okay. Thank you. It's been a long you. time, Tony. Well, Thanks for coming. I right. still don't believe anybody listens to this show. But. Uh, we have we have my family mainly, and then some of Vern's uh, nieces. I still haven't been able to get my mom. Uh, my mom still doesn't get it. She's very upset. She doesn't get what? She doesn't hear the show. Oh. She just doesn't quite get how to do it. Tony, so. how many? But she gets here? things, right? I mean, she's, I mean, she's competent. She gets things. When well, you say, it's nice of you to ask about how my mom's doing, Tony. Appreciate well, that. Just, why would you say something? Let's like get back to okay. Midwestern banks. How Tony many banks. In your family, Tony? Uh, there's five. So that's going to triple our listener base right there, I think. Anyway, so thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me, and. Um, you know, going through the banks uh, with um, you guys this afternoon was horrific, to say one word. Yeah, um, thank you. It was uh, painful, but again, I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully that we can uh, add something to this program that will maybe launch it into a situation. Where a people new orbit? Actually... A new orbit? Very I'll tell you, if you add some actual intelligent information, that would take a new direction as well. We might have to change our introduction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we mm -hmm. do know something. Well, occasionally we have a guest who knows something about the stocks. That'd be great. <laughs> and here's our first one. Okay. Ever. <laughs> and maybe the last. No, no, no. Well, <clears throat> um, you know, looking at these banks, we t I took two in particular because as being a value-bent program, um, First Midwest Bank, FMBI is the symbol. You may know this uh, company. They're out of Itasca, Illinois. Um, a great country, by the That's way. That's flyover country. Why would we know anything about that? Well, is that near Chicago? It is. It's, okay. uh, it's so south of Chicago. Go. You okay. land there. That's yeah. why. Okay. Okay. 
And it's actually a wonderful town. Uh, let me just add that. It's a wonderful town for all the Itasca residents who may be listening here today. We have a big audience there okay. in Itasca. I mean, it's a wonderful town. But anyway, getting back to uh, First Midwest, um, it was, uh, it's was. it been a company which in the heyday of banks, and we could talk a little bit about banks you know, generally later on, but uh, as you, everybody, it's been a very tumultuous environment for banks to say the least, probably a tumultuous environment for your personal life, too, isn't it's, it? Uh, well, I own a lot of banks, as you know, Tony, and yeah, they're all down. But miraculously, years. we've managed to stay employed throughout all of this. Oh. Uh, hey, to- re- toast to that, that we're employed. And the ATM continues to work, so that's been helpful as well. If those things go down, then you're going to have chaos. Well, First Midwest is an interesting story because it was one of the high flyers during the bank heyday. Until um, the crisis took hold and credit started to deteriorate at a rapid pace. Um, We're still in the throes of credit deterioration here at this bank. I would recommend that people tread softly with this one. Uh, It may be interesting for those who like deep value um, turnaround stories to take take a situation like this in the hand. Oh, my God, that chart is unbelievable. uh, It is. It's crippling, isn't it? Um, the stock currently, actually, the value line shows it at eight dollars. But since this was printed, which was June nine, it says June nineteenth. How can today, that be? But it's Monday's price. Uh, they they actually inhabit a parallel universe, so don't worry about the dates. It's almost yeah. like the way you guys do work, isn't it? You print a date of a and then use a price. Well, Goldman does. Oh, I don't want to. I don't names. think you should say that. No, too late. Um, the uh, Tony. Ahead. Two words. Go ahead. Secret identities. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say something I shouldn't? No, no, you're fine. So. You're fine. You're like, uh, you're like, you know, tiptoeing along the side of the. Did you see Star Trek? I didn't. The new one. Oh or yeah. The, the, There's this great scene no. where he comes right up to the edge of a cliff and. What? Okay, I think we're losing time. Yeah, we are. So. We're losing so. Um, so back to uh, first Midwest. Um, so, again, this stock now is trading around $6, and tangible book is just south of 12 um, One of the important metrics to look at any bank is tangible common equity, which value line, I couldn't find it here, but it's something you should all, if you're looking at a bank, uh, regulators continue to look at capital for banks because it's an important metric to identify if they're going to be in business uh, for a long term. Yeah, it is. So in this situation, credit continues to deteriorate, and in the last quarter, they really shored up the provisions quite heavily, and it looks like I'm probably fair to say that that's going to continue uh, for the next uh, few quarters. Management is a little bit more upbeat on there, and according to uh, the um, comment here by Value Line on credit, but uh, I can tell you firsthand that uh, the Chicagoland area is uh, still experiencing some decline in credit and um, economic Go ahead. See, that's what you get with Tony Banks, regional expertise. Mm-hmm. Midwestern banks, he knows what's going on in the Midwest. It's his area. Yeah. There's a whole expertise built around that, and Tony has it. That's why he's on the show. And uh, Keep going, Tony. And so, uh, thank you. Uh, sure. And so, um, in this situation, I would tell you that it's $6 for the deep value players. Um, this is probably not a bad time to at least start nibbling on this stock. Um, don't look for this to move uh, significantly, but if you think that there's a second-half economic turn, the franchise here has a substantial deposit base. Um, they have, a, I would say, probably above-average management team. 
Um, however, they have been involved in the suburban markets of Chicago, which have been a high growth market. And as you know, many people can attest to high growth on the upside means uh, significant. Um, go ahead. Is there uh, more risk to the book value in here, in your opinion, Tony? I think there's some risk, but you're already trading at almost 50% of tangible. So, so I at think some point, these trade at two times book. It could be five years from now, but that's your story, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's uh, – I would probably say in the near term, though, that this is a franchise that could make it up to tangible book over the next 18 months. I don't think that's uh, crazy. And at that point, that would be, a, 50, be a, a double, you know, right? Yeah. So from this point. So anyway, that's the uh, commentary on First Midwest. If anybody has any questions, we can drop Wow, did you hear that? He's Let's talking a about a questions. double. A double. What's calls, the name of that stock again? Our phone banks are open. I wasn't quite paying attention. First Midwest Bank. Okay. Well, it was Midwest Banks in Value Line. Were you paying attention? Yeah, no, I was. That's what was in there, Midwest Banks. But those aren't For the God only sake. banks that Tony Banks can speak well, to. Next, when there's an, we've been trying to get him on the show. You know, we're down to three minutes. We're Don't you think we ought to let him go? It's Midwestern Banks. He's here. Let the man tell the story. This is the best idea of the show. Is this... No, right I don't know. No, do you like this one best? This isn't nearly fla is as flashy as rockets, you know, guns. I mean, look what you guys talk about. Best I idea mean, of the show, Comerica, Tony Banks. Um, this one I actually do like uh, more than uh, First Midwest. I think there's an opportunity here with this bank. It is uh, well managed. Uh, they do, however, have the unfortunate, um, let's say, uh, presence of being located or having a strong location in Michigan. And go ahead. Detroit? Uh, Detroit is uh, in Michigan. Very good. That's outstanding. Very good. That was Ver. So you think Smart. I could be a bank analyst? Very Maybe. Smart. Maybe. Um, this is, uh, but, but, you know, one of the interesting things about Comerica, they pulled the plug on Michigan um, five years ago and migrated down to Dallas. That's Dallas. So that's who we blame. Okay. Dallas, Texas. That's Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, ah. The uh, the company trades at a discount to tangible book. Uh, currently, it's at twenty one fifty. Um, this is a stock that I like below twenty. Um, it is uh, if you're familiar with the term uh, asset sensitivity. Um, this is an asset sensitive. No, I'm bank. not. What I've does that, that mean? I've heard that before. You've heard that. Okay. Yeah, I have. Well, this is asset sensitivity refers to the bank's balance sheet and the ability to uh, you know have a spread, wider spreads in an increasing interest rate environment. Uh, whereas the inverse would be liability sensitive in a uh, seeing margin enhancement in a decreasing interest rate environment. Well, if you believe rates are going to go up, this is probably a bank that you want to saddle with. And I tell you that this is a um, bank which, if you look at the metrics, trades at about 50% of tangible book. They have um, assets, <clears throat> excuse me, over $70 billion. Um, this is a bank that I think is... Uh, you know, well-positioned um, with their holdings in Dallas or the Texas region. Some people might be a little nervous about the California uh, exposure. It's, it, I think the thing to point out here is, is California, and uh, do we have any listeners in California? Uh, we have a lot of listeners in Bakersfield. Oh, we do? Yeah. I love Bakersfield. We're on the air, actually. Oh, really? There. Oh, yeah. So this truly is a radio show. It is really. This isn't just uh, goofing off, Tony. This is real, real radio. It doesn't get more professional. Then why do I, and you have what, 38 seconds, by the way. Why do I, why do I got to wear a rabbit suit to do this, then? 
Um, so anyway, you know, quickly on Comerica, just in reference to a 50% tangible uh, asset-sensitive bank, they have uh, credit situations with Michigan and California exposure, but they have moved away uh, from that over the period of time, and I think what this you're going to see I'm, – I'm, can, can I finish? Uh, I think what you'll see is provisioning will stay strong. Earnings will be under pressure because of those provisions. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think that this is a Thanks, company. Tony. We yeah. hope to have you back <laughs> on a future show. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me.